Hello. Hello. Ah, hi. 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 Ah, ah, ah. Skype doesn't want to let me know when anything's happening. Oh, I don't. And, mm. and there's an update. And I got to fix my pre PC. And there's an update. Hi, Dan. How are you? I am. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, way up there? Yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah. Still doing my pre PC. Louder, louder, louder. Everybody's quiet. Hello. Hi. All right, it'll do for now. Yeah. Oh boy, a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah, I can't argue <laughs> with that. I can't argue. What's the matter? What's it's, the matter? It's, it's I like I like to ease my way into the day like a gentleman. You know, I don't I don't like to to be racing around and uh I've been racing around. And I'm oh. like, and then meeting and then I had the the accountant was physically here and so you know, you have to you have to be prepared for that. You have to have the air blowing and you know all that stuff. So mm. get the air blowing. Oh, because you're going to be in a room together. You're going to be in a room. Yeah, they yeah. say ven- it's all about ventilation. Is what I hear. That's right. So you get good yeah. ventilation, you're fine. You don't even. Yeah. You know, all right. Don't even need a That's reason. Good. We need. Okay. All right. Okay. Um. Yeah. Um. You know, I I I I feel like we could almost do an entire episode. Uh, that is, I don't know, let's call it a meeting, just an administrative catch-up. I had a couple extra minutes while uh, the accountant was being aired out. Yeah. And uh, and so I was going through, you know, I I, I have my show notes, show notes, my, like, when I, uh, okay, here we go, let's start the administrative meeting. Stand by. So... What I do is when I when uh, when the shows I, I do this eh, sometimes on the day of hopefully usually a few days before I'm going to NVL and I type B two W show note X E five two zero and uh, it auto fills in uh, the dates ah um uh and and then and then then uh, then I type uh, a B two W N and that explodes a text expander right where I got a section for for all the parts right. So, and I save all those. And because of my canny naming, which we should return to someday, uh, it's easy for me to just do a sub, uh, what would you call it? A a little sub, like string search in NVL, just type part of that and it shows me all of my show notes. And then I can go uh, arrow down through all of those. And so I was looking for all the things where I think we still have, uh, let's call it an open bracket. Oh, yeah. We don't want those. We want to close it. We want to close that bracket up. It's March Madness. You got to close your bracket. <laughs> March Madness, right. <laughs> yeah. You put your rotisserie chicken in the pool. Oh, I would love to have that for lunch today, a rotisserie chicken or something. That'd be so you know, good. The Costco chicken is still a good chicken. I think it's not as good a chicken as it used to be. What you having? What is that, a beverage? You having a, a fizzy beverage? I am having the uh, 365 Lime Ooh. Sparkling Water. Oh, that sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. I, I'm having a, um, oh, you know, they started, uh, I've, it's gotten easier to find my Canada Dry again. So I'm having a Canada Dry. I also, uh, via my friend Alexandra, I've discovered a new way to make fizzy water at home that is very cool. Even better than the Soda Stream thing? I'm going to say even better than the Soda Stream. What? Come on. Ca- I'm going to capture this. I'm going to capture this. Rabbit, rabbit. Dan, Texas update. New fizzy. So this is a, this is a, <laughs> stand by. This is this is a. Uh, have you ever seen *House Moving Castle*? Yes, of course. Remember, every time there's somebody at the door, Markle has to put on the beard. Oh, he walks over to the door and <laughs> goes, "Stand by." Yes. Yeah, um, that is the uh, that that's Peta. He play, later plays Peta uh, in uh, *The Hunger Games*. Mm, okay. The boy, the boy who gives the burnt bread. No spoilers. Um, new fizzy water. 
Okay, and uh, we have a lot of open brackets. Dan, did you have anything you wanted to talk about in particular today, or should I just ramble on? Ramble on, um, do whatever you need I'm, to do. I'm trying to go easy on you, because I figure you're still airing the place out. They say it's all about ventilation. I know that. I know that all the money's in frames. Uh, let's see. Some things I, I started to talk about but didn't. Things I've learned from my Roomba. Uh, a philosophy of haircuts. Uh, it, it, if anything ever happened uh, with the fireside name, more about your iPad. I would like to bring back, I would like to have a return to cool things I learned this week. Mm -hmm. We really screwed up, Daniel. First of all, rabbit, rabbit. Blew that one. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I think I assured our listeners that before the next rabbit, rabbit, which has already passed, there was something we were going to do with rabbit, rabbit, and I don't remember what. Remember that? We were going to ask our listeners about it? <sighs> we were going to do something, and I said, the week before, I think we were going to answer people's questions mm, or something. Okay. No, I don't. I, we'll, I, we'll circle back to that, and yeah. we could do that for next time. Uh, a long time ago, you wanted to talk about whether one needs goals in order to be successful, and I have uh, over 60 lines on that, if you ever want to talk about it. Mm. Did we ever talk about the New York Times piece about how your brain is not actually for thinking that it's mainly just a uh, control center for your body? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. That's, that's a good thing that we could talk about. Okay. Um, and then what else? What else did I have? In, oh, and also I cleaned out my garage where I, le I learned things from that as well. Mm -mm. well I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tab that. I'm going to make that one of my unfinished thoughts after lessons from the Roomba and haircut philosophy. These all sound like the names of bands that I would make up to confuse John Syracuse. You've never heard Haircut Philosophy? It's from Vancouver. They're amazing. Garage Cleanout was pretty good. They had their second EP. It was a little disappointing. I think there was a rush for the sophomore slump. Now, soft, Software Slump is, is by the band Granddaddy. That's well, they opened, they opened for Devo back in the 70s. Hmm. This is the girl you want. I have a really good Spotify public playlist that is, it's called Where's the One, based on a topic on Roderick one time, which is, uh, I'm very interested in songs where it's hard to tell which beat is the one, or like where it's a weird time signature or a weird count. I'm really, I'm just clearing, I'm just basically, I cleaned out my garage and now I'm cleaning out my brain, just scraping it out. You did your best, you did your best, best tweet ever last night. My best tweet ever was last night. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I can remember what it was. Hold on, I'll, I'll, I'll find it. Oh, you know what I found in the mm -hmm. clean out? I found, I found Walter and the dude. Oh man, I told you my kids broke mine, right? You, you're talking about the, the big, the, the fanciful one mm -hmm. that comes with Cynthia's dog and he looks very cartoony. Well, there were, no, these were the kind of realistic looking ones and, um, and the, he had <gasps> the bowling ball and the, the ringer or not the ringer, but the real the, oh, the real really? ringer. You know what? Find that and send me a link. I'll see if I can find mine. All right. My kids broke them. They played with them. Oh, no. Without me, no. We used to use Walter. We used to do a lot of, uh, what do I want to call it? A tableau, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that would involve the Thomas the Train tracks. And, and usually our main players were Walter Sobchak. My Walter is amazing. He needs to be cleaned up because he's been, been in the mouse poop a little bit. <laughs> But um, uh, you'd have Walter and uh, Bobby Hill, and we had a Bobby Hill doll, which I still, which I now can't find, and uh, and things like that. I'll send you some of our tableau. I think tableau is the plural of tableau. Um, you said find the last selfie you took, then oh. find a different one that's way more flattering. 
<laughs> then stare at it for almost four seconds as you think about the ravages of time in an age of personal branding. Then take a new one you think is more flattering. That is your porn name. And I, I, you like, I you like that. This is your best tweet, the best one you've ever. Wow, done. thank you. I re- I really appreciate that. It's, I loved um, it. I loved it. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of a throwback for me. That's a throwback to when I uh, I used to see how close I could get to to almost putting a hat on a hat. <laughs> well, you, I wanted to walk right it. up to the edge. We all know what that means. We all understand what that means, uh-huh. right? <laughs> yeah. Putting a hat on a hat. It's uh, there's a wonderful segment uh, I can find it for notes where uh, uh, Bill Hader goes on Seth Meyers' show, and Seth Meyers used to be, I believe, the head writer at SNL. And Bill Hader had this idea for this one of his earliest ideas for a sketch. I forget what it was, but it was it might have been something related to the Vincent Price character. But there was a little. It was like there were there were two big twists in it. Like not in a Tim Robinson way, but in a like you're doing too much. Here. Mm-hmm. He said, "Yeah." He goes. Uh, he says to Hater, uh, "You know, uh, it seems like a little bit like you're putting a hat on a hat." Mm-hmm. We're like, "Oh, what are you talking about? It's going to be great." <laughs> and they did it at dress, and it completely bombed. And this is a visual bit, so you can't see it. But imagine then Bill Hader miming what Seth Meyers said to him, like from the wings, where he kind of like acts like he's taking off two hats. Mm, I love it. <laughs> You don't want to put a hat on a hat. And so like you need to understand when you when you make a joke, it's important to understand why you think it's funny and then sell that part. But you can't do too much. You if you do too much with the joke and you try you try and make too many different jokes, you end up making zero joke. That is my understanding of putting a hat on a hat. Now in that one, uh, to explain my joke, uh you know, I I uh, I uh, I'm having fun with some of this fake viral content people uh, do to get the retweets. You know, mm-hmm. I could have gone too far with that. Mm-hmm. And now I've put a hat on this hat. It's cold outside. You really should stay. Um, <laughs> what else do we have here? That's, you know, that's a lot of it. We also we need to talk more about, I want to hear how things are, how things are. If you want to talk about it, the obvious follow-up, I think, is how are things hopefully improving mm-hmm. in your neck of the woods yeah. with the weather consequences. But I, I've presented a lot of material here, Dan. Does anything interest you? Yeah, or I mean, nothing. I know all of it does, um, but I, I definitely no, can. That's not necessary. Give you necessary. the short version of how things. You are give me any here. version you want. You got it. You, you got you got your new prepper show, right? Are you doing your prepper show? Yeah, I've been uh, hard at work on. Is the, it called Salt and Prepper? It's called Disaster Proof. Hmm. Uh, oh, or, you, you said as much. Yeah, okay. DisasterProof.tv is where people can go to learn about that. Uh, but it is actually moving forward pretty good. I'm, I'm working on, um, there's a, I've talked to a couple sort of, I guess you could call them experts. Um, I'm looking for more nut jobs, but so far the experts have been really interesting and I'm, I'm working on- You're having on, difficulty finding nut jobs or difficulty finding nut jobs who well, are see, they're to off like, the they're off the grid. So they're hard oh, by, na- by definitively okay. just difficult to- now we're back to the uh, Admiral Adama type situation because part of their deal probably is that they want a spaceship that doesn't have internet, right? <laughs> yeah, they they don't want to be found. That's the hard part I about get it. finding. I get it. <laughs> what's what's the point? It's like almost like you know, what's the point of having privilege if you don't use it? If you don't like, use what's, it, what's <laughs> what is the point of going off the grid if people can get on your grid? Right. If you can be found, if they're then on your you grid, failed. they're up on your grill. <laughs> Write that down. So, uh, but no, yeah, that is but coming. Like, could it be one of those things like, like an all the president's men situation where you put on a flower pot with a flag in it or something? Could you do some kind of, uh, what do they call it? A dime drop, a pigeon boy. 
Couldn't there be some kind of spy uh, craft that you could do mm-hmm. to like get with these yes. people? How would you even let them know what the code is? I well, see the, your problem. Here's what I found. If you can find them, they're not a good prepper. Yes, that's right. Here's what I have found is they have to find you. You have to make like a yourself cat or a program available. And then, okay. and I have had a couple of them reach out to me. Uh, so it's interesting because even though I haven't really done anything on the Patreon yet, there are already people starting to post there and share their gear and talk about what they're doing. It's like there's a little community sprung up on the Disaster Proof Patreon already. So I'm kind of like really into this. This has been occupying a lot of my time, actually. But it's interesting because I I uh, ended up talking about something on Roderick yesterday that is dear to my near and dear to my heart, as you know, which is uh, the importance of um, I guess you could call it planning, but what I would call infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And I, I unintentionally crystallized an idea that's been banging around in my head for years. You know how we end up talking about New Year's resolutions and. At least my, I don't know if you remember, but my theory is a lot of them fail because in addition to being very unrealistic in most cases, they, people make these big bets on Mm -hmm. their future without providing infrastructure, right? So we've talked about this so many times, but like, if you want to eat better, first get the bad food out of your house. Well, first stop buying bad food, Mm -hmm. but then get the food that you know is, you know, causing you troubles out. But then I think I crystallized it when I said, uh, you know, but also get food it's like whatever your version of good for you is, mm. but it's got to be food you're going to want to eat. Mm-hmm. If you buy preemptive punishment food, title, you're never going <laughs> to want that. It's all going to be the kind of stuff you end up, let's be honest, the kind of stuff you end up giving to a food drive. Yeah. Potted corn or whatever. You know, like some kind of odd thing you, no one in your house ever remembers buying. You know, like pickled, uh, pick, pickled, pickled tiny corn cobs or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then that that crystallized into, and this is a very, very fairly a a a rip off of the Jeffine thing of trying to make the right thing the easy thing. Whatever you decide to do in your infrastructure, it's valuable. It's valuable for you to get an infrastructure that lets something that could be extremely difficult be something that you look forward to. So if you're going to try to, you know, I sound like Noom, like my my messaging keeps sliding. Uh, If you want to stop feeling like your pants don't fit, you need to eat different. In order to eat different, you have to plan ahead. You have to like, you have to do all those infrastructure kind of things. But ideally, how do you take something that could be very difficult and or very complex Mm -hmm. and make it something you look forward to rather than dreading? That could be exercise. That could be homework. That could be all of these things. Now, of course, there's like, yeah, you know, like Terry on 9-9, he discovers those little chocolate nibs he's been eating. It's actually not, not, it's a good reward, but he gets a little hooked on nib, right? You got to be careful that you're not saying, oh, you know, like my, my, my reward for being a good boy and doing the difficult thing is going to be a, you know, uh, this, this nice bowl of heroin or whatever. But how do you, you know, I think that's threading the needle. Why am I saying this? Because I think this relates to, uh. To your program. Yeah. No, it definitely does. I can see and that. It, and, and, and it kind of bounces off something we've been saying here for the last couple of weeks is like, it's it's reasonable, it's rational to prepare for a fairly knowable negative outcome. Mm-hmm. But no, it makes sense to prepare for stuff you wish wouldn't happen, whether that's buying insurance or whether that is, you know, getting ready for a tornado, a hurricane, an earthquake. But the complexity then is like, 
yeah, there's maintenance to each of those things. But then on top of it, you can't, as we said, you can't prepare for everything. Right. And that has to factor into your infrastructure because you're trying, you're planning for, I don't, I don't know precisely what you're planning for, but I imagine it's like there's a certain kind of situation based on things that have happened in the past that I don't want to have happen again. And how do I mitigate the risk of that either happening or if I can't mitigate the risk of that happening, how do I minimize the, um, the risks and uh, negative things about when that thing does happen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that takes infrastructure, doesn't it? It does. There is a certain degree of infrastructure and planning and prepping and all of that goes into- In some ways, into... it's pure infrastructure. I mean, whether that is, you know, this garbage can full of earthquake supplies or whether that is like making sure, you know, oh God, you forgot. You took the jack out of your car one time, forgot to put it back. In cleaning out the garage, I discovered that, you know, those red- you know, like the things like you, when you go to, like you're running out of gas and you bring a can and it's got the telescoping thing that comes out. You know what I'm talking about? When you mm-hmm. you run out of gas and sometimes they'll lend those to you at a gas station, but we have three of those. And like it took cleaning out the garage, for example, for me to realize our, this poor planning we have, this poor organization that I have of like, oh, I guess I've got to go buy another one of those. And we have so many of those. Or scissors, Dan. You know, here's there's two kinds of there's two quantities of scissors mm. in our household. Mm-hmm. No scissors and all of the scissors. Cuz I can either find this goes for my little Gerber utility knives, either either there's if I collected them all yeah. mindfully and opened every single box that had been stuffed in a closet, I'd find 14 Gerber knives and 35 <laughs> pairs of scissors. Are there scissors in the utility drawer right now? No, because those all got, you know, compelled into the service of a craft project. Are you like 40 pairs of scissors in our house. Are your cohabitators good at returning things to the place that they took them from? Do you really want to go there, Dan? Yes. No, this is the thing you want to do. Very on topic. Wheelhouse stuff. This is turning into another show that I do, but no, it's, and it's a struggle for me. It, uh, cause I have a lot of things, you know, I get quirkier as I get older. And, you know, one of them is that I think, you know, sort of like your metallurgist grandfather, I would like to have all my tools be in the outline. And you go and you grab the hammer from the hammer shape. Mm-hmm. That's where the hammer died is what it looks like. But that you grab the hammer, that's where the hammer hammer goes back. Because now you've like, I don't know, I think there's something very satisfying about do, doing that, returning the tools, not just in like an OCD way, but like if I'm doing anything electronic-y, uh, I, where I get to use my cool iFixit stuff, like I have, I go into a mode. Or like I sweep everything aside, I put this here, and then everything goes back when I'm done. Mm-hmm. No, I mean sometimes, but um, my uh, my wife, my wife, I got her these really nice, super nice, crazy, way too sharp, way too overpriced kitchen shears uh, for Christmas because we started doing our own spatchcocking, which is to say she spatchcocks, she spatchcocks the chicken. She's good at it, but you need you benefit from having really sharp shears, and of course those got used for a craft project. And we had to gently say, you know, these, these are, these are for spatchcock, not paper craft. Right. Cause otherwise it just disappears. And then you can clean out the kid's room and there's, there's, there's 190 pairs of scissors and 14,000 partial rolls of scotch tape. Where's the scotch tape? I don't know. We just keep buying it. It just keeps disappearing. It gets used sure up. People are just Dan. using, they're all using no, it. No, 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 no. It gets, it gets, it's entropy, Dan. It's entropy. It just disappears into some place. Where it will probably reemerge later. I finally found the the thing for charging our drill. 
you know, because again, it got separate. This is all on me. If there's anybody, the irony is the calls coming from inside Merlin, right? <laughs> I'm the one who's really bad at this because I'll go do some project that requires me gathering some super team of tools. And I grab from here, I grab from there, I grab from everywhere. I got pliers here, I got pliers there. I got little pliers, I got leathers, leathers men. Mm -hmm. And I got all these things. And then when I'm done, I sweep those into a box. And now what have I done? I've, I'm, I'm a professional at breaking up sets at this point. So I'm not great at it either. But there is something very satisfying uh, about getting that all back together. But it'll be interesting, interesting to talk about. We, we could do it on your show over there, or we could do that here. But I think that's an interesting topic. It's a very interesting. Apart even, well, apart even from all these brackets that I've opened. It's just interesting to, uh, again, to paraphrase a comic I like, you know, it's like shooting a bullet with a bullet. It, it seems very difficult to address so many pieces un, of unknown, especially when you're talking about, let's, what would you, what would you call it generally? Just disaster preparedness? Yeah, maybe? preparedness. Yeah, disaster proofing, preparedness. Um, I, I feel like prepping is a different thing, but I'm still learning about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand. I understand. Well, it's funny. We just watched that. Uh, well, I, actually, I couldn't get my kid to watch it all because uh, for reasons. But um, 10 Cloverfield Lane, you ever seen Love that, that film. I, uh, I watched that. I love it to death. It's 70 minutes ago. long and it's so good. And it's got Ramona Flowers and Walter Sobchak. So nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. her, nah, her name is Ramona Flowers. <clears throat> um, have you ever seen Scott Pilgrim? Not yet. Hmm. I know you want me to. Put, I will. Put it on the list. It is there. Um, it is there. But you know that involves a little bit of a pseudo prepper guy, kind of. I right? didn't know. I didn't say? know that. I didn't know that. Oh, oh wait, well, no. you're talking about Cloverfield. No, sorry, sorry, Walter Sobchak. Oh yeah, in, uh, yeah. Ten Cloverfield no, he's, Lane. he's got a pretty interesting. That's a not, I would live in that in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. That I don't also like the, the decor. Ikea... I want the decor to be different, but yeah. But I think that's kind of like if you've ever gone to somebody's like when your rich friend where they have a vacation home, or in my case in Florida. Oh God, this was an environmental disaster, but it was so freaking fun. Um, in So out in the Gulf, like surprisingly close to the land. Um, so my, my friend's grandfather and grandmother uh, were very well off for, for by Pasco standards, especially. And they bought this, they, they call it like a, a, a camp, but it's basically a stilt house just slightly in the Gulf. And it's just this big one room thing with a dock all the way around it a bathroom where you poop in the water, um, like directly into the Gulf. And they bought one of these for, for chump change in like the sixties, I want to say. Mm -hmm. Um, but a place like that or a vacation home. And it's always like the cast off stuff, like the old blankets, the old pillows, the like, you know, slightly withering Morton salt and pepper set. You know, that's what it reminded me of in 10 Cloverfield Lane was it looked like it was all stuff that like, like maybe his housey house would have been nicer, but this was all like, you yeah, know, or this was maybe this goodwill type stuff, goodwill stuff, or maybe like, yeah, like you're saying, like hand me down, or maybe this was the decor of the main house and was migrated into this house or something. I, but... I would live there in a heartbeat. Also that <laughs> Ikea $47,000 house they deliver to you. I would love to, I would love to live in that. But like, you know, if, if my, if my wife threw me out and I had money that I don't have, I would be very happy to live in a Walter Sobchak prepper house. I bet it's stale. I bet the, uh, I mean, I know the air is moving around. That was the point of starting the, the fire. But uh, anyway, in terms of apropos. What did you call it for, for the titles of Walter Subcheck prepper house? 
I'll have to check the script. But yeah, I think something like that. Um, no, but I, I do think that's interesting because it's, it's, it's not super easy or simple to prepare for almost anything, but some things are easier than others. If there, Say, for example, like in my case, like I used to have a fairly regular once a month-ish round trip once I had moved here to go back to Tallahassee to hang out with the developers and do stuff for, mm-hmm. you know, a few days or a week or whatever. And like, it was very knowable to me. I mean, I knew exactly how much the flight cost. I knew exactly how to pick up the car. I knew exactly what I needed for, you know, clothes and my extra battery for my uh, Wall Street, Pismo, Wall Street. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, that was very knowable. I could plan for that because mm-hmm. I'd done it a lot of times. And even with a slight margin for error, like that was knowable. But then I think there are other kinds of things where, like what you're talking about here, where, let's put it this way. I'll bet you a risk of the stuff you're talking about. One risk, if it were me anyway, is I prepare way too much for one kind of thing. Yes, okay. If yes, and, and If and it's a kind of thing I like preparing for. This is what I wanted to talk to you about, actually, because one of the people who reached out to me, um, this was the main thrust of the conversation that he and I were having. And he was, he was pointing out, he's like, it's very, very few people are actually prepping for everything. And very few people are prepping in even a general sense of, well, I just kind of want to have the basics for, for a condition. It seems like, and this is what he was telling me about. It seems like people kind of pick a thing that they focus on being prepared for. And he said the main thing that he's been finding people preparing for these days is an EMP. And he said the EMP is Whoa. the least likely thing to happen. Of all mm-hmm. of the things that's go- that, that can have, can, or will happen, the EMP is like the least likely of them to actually happen. And at the same time, it's the most destructive. Just if you know... How is it determined that that is likely or unlikely? Well, just based on like the, the an electromagnetic pulse. Is that what that is? Yes, sir. The idea is an EMP comes somewhere, you could tell me, but the idea is an EMP is this thing that, uh, and this anomaly where like it would knock out our power. Cool. Okay, let me, let me tell you about computers. the Let me tell you about Tell me about the EMP. Oh, I, I'm ready for this. Most of the ways that, now it is possible to generate an EMP in a... <sighs> non-nuclear conventional kind of sense. Like you could make an EMP quote unquote bomb that you could put in a truck and, and turn on. But the, the range of those would be incredibly small and limited. And that's something that would really only happen in a very localized area in a big city. That's not, that's not the worry. The worry is that, you know, is that a, a really EMP is typically going to happen. It, it It's also called a transient electromagnetic disturbance, but it's basically um, usually happening from a nuclear type explosion, a nuclear electromagnetic pulse specifically is the one that people have generally they happened before. About. Well, they have tested these. So yes, and anytime that there's a nuclear uh, explosion, there's an EMP associated with it. Um, in okay. in fact, so in the the first U.S. nuclear test was on as as you know, July sixteenth, nineteen forty five. And they they Mm -hmm. knew that the EMP was going to happen. And so they expected this. And what happened was that that they they actually went and shielded all of their like signals and doubly shielded some of them. And even because of that, so many of the records were lost because it shut down all the recording equipment. 
the the British folks, when they were doing their nuclear testing in the early 50s, they had tons of instrumentation failures, which they called radio flash. That was their term for EMP because they have to be all fancy. Anyway, basically, um, we conducted some intentional tests in the 1960s, in the early 60s. Uh, basically, what 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 happens is you do a high altitude nuclear explosion. Most nuclear explosions are meant to damage or the tests that we did were meant to kind of check the damage on the ground, right? And so mm -hmm. they realized when they were doing these that there's there's this electromagnetic pulse and they realized, well, wait a minute, we could use an electromagnetic pulse. It would there wouldn't be not, not at least not much or no real radiation. There would be no blast damage from it, but we could potentially completely disable our enemy because we would shut down all of their stuff. Anything oh, that, so it was it was seen as a potential weapon. Yes, against I see, and because you could detonate at a very so the EMP happens regardless of how much damage that is actually happening beneath it. So if you were to go and do a high altitude nuclear explosion, then the EM there wouldn't be damage or radiation from it, but you would have widespread EMP effects, a long, mm -hmm. long, very, very widespread. So if you're familiar with what was called the star starfish prime test, which is back in, I'm going to, I'm going to guess 60, I'll say 63, 62. Um, and they went out into the, uh, you know, way out into the mid Pacific ocean and they detonated a high altitude nuclear explosion and the effects of that caused electrical damage like a thousand miles away in Hawaii. Um, it knocked out street lights. It set off alarm systems. It, it, it like tons of stuff were damaged and they went on to do a couple other tests like this to learn more about it. And of course, so the Soviets did it, uh, hmm. you know, around the same time period. And basically what this does is this electromagnetic pulse goes out and it shuts down and destroys, it doesn't, I mean, destroys is maybe a, a strong word, but it can, but basically it turns off anything that's running on electrical power, unless it's really, really well shielded. And the theory is you, you know, you can, okay. So like, keep in mind, like your tube amps, your vacuum tube amps, like your old Marshall, that one's probably going to be less damaged than the solid state equipment, which is pretty much everything because, else. Because of, oh, let me, is it resistance? I think so. I don't know the details. Really? Of, that was yeah, just a wild guess. I think you're probably right. See, I, I, I thought the, the EMP I hear people worrying about would be something that like not only knocks out the power, but like blows America's fuse. Yes, large. exactly. And it, it can, it can destroy power lines. It would knock out the power grid. It would knock out your battery powered radio sitting on your desk. All computers would be probably irreparably damaged. You can get around this by shielding stuff, but you know, what would happen would be like, it would make what happened here in Texas with our power thing. It looked like nothing because we were able to bring that back. This would be not just a power grid failure, but potentially destruction of a power grid. And imagine how crippled as a country we would be, or anyone would be if yeah. there was no way to deliver power anywhere to anyone and no one's, no one's, you know, it's not like, it's not, you know, you say, Oh, well, take us back to the agricultural days, the stone ages, whatever. No, because those people knew how to live in those times. We, no one knows how to live. Well, I mean, that's, there's a lot. Yeah. That's, that's part of it. But another part of it is, is like, if we had to go back to the kind of, uh, actual family farming, from the agrarian age, where's the arable land for that? And who's going to do the work? 
Like, you know what I mean? I mean, like factory farming today requires technology. When people say family farm, that's such BS. Yeah, like Tyson is a family chicken company. <laughs> right. You know, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like the the kinds of stuff where like you would do, su- or like, uh, not sustenance farming, but like we mostly farm to feed the family. And yeah, sell a Subs- little bit. Sub- subsistence. Subsistence, that's it. Yeah. Subsidiary farming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if we, uh, but in order to do that, okay, I mean, we don't have enough farmers for that, let alone uh, children and hired people. And the the amount of like arable land that you would need to do that, to do that kind of farming and then once you've done that, how do you get it to grocery stores, assuming they're still around? Right. I mean, because like a lot of the infrastructure is knocked out. Oh, this is horrible to think about. And so so the modern EMP warrior and uh, preparer is preparing for, you know, plus or minus 20% sanity. What are they preparing for? I think they're preparing for essentially a complete shutdown of our infrastructure at the level of everything that you just mentioned from not only wouldn't there be power, but there wouldn't be water. There wouldn't be um, any way to generate any kind of electricity. All communication would be shut down. Food supply would be quickly shut down because you wouldn't have a way to move it from one place to another. There would be no trucking. We're incredibly dependent on trucking. That's what people don't seem to realize. Oh, absolutely. Everything. So there would be no trucking. There would be no railroad system. There would be no airplanes. There would be no way. All of the things like, how does the water get into your house? That's not going to work anymore. This is not going to work anymore, let alone power. So yeah. that's- Again, the- all, all stuff that you've seen in recent you know weeks in your own state is that, you know, we say water- as though when we think, we think of water as just this thing like rain falling from a gutter, well, no, like that, right? You got electric that's needed to mm-hmm. deliver the water. Yep. Those those big pipes the water comes through, like they all need to be maintained. Mm-hmm. Uh, every every, I mean. So this is this is the systems thing. touch systems. And to be prepared for something like that is the absolute total worst case scenario. They joke about zombie apocalypse, but forget the zombies. Like that. That's something that would take years and years and years to try to start to recover from. And mm. the chances of that happening, um, it, you, you're talking about basically being in like a full scale war with another nuclear power. That's what that's. And, and realistically, those kinds of weapons aren't what are going to be launched. They're going to be traditional ICBM type weapons. You know, we're going to, we're going to destroy you completely kind of thing. And so that's just such an unlikely scenario. And yet that's the popular one because it, it, it sounds the most dramatic and exciting. And, uh, and realistically what I want to do is be prepared for like, what's going to happen if I had to go a week or two without any power or water, like, that's that could happen for a variety so, of reasons. So, so I, I don't know how to put this where it doesn't sound like the thing I'm about to say, but <laughs> so sort of like the thing you felt not prepared for this time is the thing you, is it's not dissimilar from the thing you're hoping to be better prepared for. Oh, God forbid, next time. Right, and I'm not so much focused on what the cause of it is. I'm focused on having the the basics that you need uh, for a you know a small family to exist. While I'm not planning for the end times, I'm planning for an interrupt, an, a significant interruption in services like what we had where, because you know what, we were minutes, we talked about this part, we were minutes away 
from yes. uh, from the entire power grid of Texas being offline for weeks. That would have sucked, right? But I would have liked to have been able to say, okay, it looks like this is going to be off for weeks. We need to figure out what we're going to do here. And then we need to figure out where we're going to go along with everyone else who's figuring out where they're going to go in the meantime until this stuff can be straightened out because there's a lot of people in Texas and it's a big place. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, and and I would I would... I would say to anyone, you know, act like you have no water for a week and see how much you like it and see how long you Absolutely. last. Um, just try well, it's, it. It's also interesting to like, it's, um, I, I, we should probably hear about something you like, but I, I think it's interesting to, to get focused on uh, a more boring version of this, which is what you're doing. The exciting version of this is like, well, what happens when the zombie hordes come and yeah. I finally get to use my guns to fight them off. But w- what is something you can prepare for that, like you say, this is really different to prepare for like a, or to, yeah, prepare for mm-hmm. an interruption in services versus like, you know, the kinds of things, you know, there'd be those, I think there was a famous article in, I want to say Wired uh, around before Y2K. Was that, was that when they were talking about like, you know, really rich people going off the grid and yeah. living in the yep. desert yes. because Y2K was going to destroy everything? Absolutely. I mean, that, you need a lot of dough to do that. And, and and when we do come back, I think one thing that's interesting to talk about is what a moving target this is. Because like, you know, like I said, I thought all I had to do to make an earthquake, well, off the dome, I thought, okay, I'm going to do a real good job making this earthquake kit. And I made such a good earthquake kit. I don't know if this is still up-to-date advice, but the advice at the time, this would be, I guess about, you know, in my kid's life, but over 10 years ago, was you get you one of those, like a Husky trash can or similar. Uh-huh. And then you're going to put all your stuff in there. And that's going to include things like water and food, pet food, you know, all that kind of stuff, all the kind of stuff that you get in your KQED survival bucket with the toilet lid, all the things like, you know, candles or whatever, whatever that's going to be, extra batteries. Almost every single, just, just first off, straight off, almost every single thing in there will need to be replaced, maintained, and or tested. Right? right. And I keep joking about this, but it's true. I thought I did a really good job making this and then sealing it up good. But you know what? One of the things they tell you, at least then, was don't keep this in your house. Don't keep this in your garage. This needs to assume that an earthquake is going to pancake all of your world. And this will need to be someplace outside. Right. And I thought I did a great job like sealing it up and one day I opened it up and it was so moldy mm. and everything in there was gross and like a little bit light blue. Um, but every single aspect of that, like how do you know the batteries work? Now, again, not to go all OCD, but like you do need to test those batteries. You do, Water does, according to the label anyway, expire. But here's one. Let's say I put that together in, um, let's even say October of 2009. Well, there's certain kinds of stuff that we, like, let's say the day after I make that earthquake kit, Mm -hmm. God forbid, there's Mm -hmm. an earthquake. Right. Do I have the stuff in there that I would need in October of 2009? Because I can tell you a bunch of, you know what a bunch of that stuff is? A lot of diapers. Uh, Probably, you know, baby wipes, baby food, backup baby food, even though, you know, we did the natural way, you know, these two, was uh, to have some kind of a food backup for the kid in there. Well, like, and extra clothes for the kid, right? Well... How about six months after that, your kid is bigger, different clothes, right. different diapers, different food, all of the... So there's like layers and levels of like needing to update. So you go, okay, fine. I'll put... I'll, everybody's going to have moo-moos. I'm going to put like like nice, warm, maybe solar blanket moo in here for everybody. But then guess what? Maybe you have another kid like you did. 
And now, once again, you've got one kid's stuff to, this is just the kid part of this, let alone your backup eyeglasses. Is that prescription up to date? And I'm not saying one should lose one's mind in the preparation of this, but if you're doing this to be like, like my kinds of projects are usually, as you know, just me having fun with a little bit of usually a little bit of gear, technology, a little bit of learning. That's what I enjoy in a project and a little bit, hopefully, of improvement. But there's stakes to this. If you're actually trying to make something where you could say to your family, don't worry, I've got this, that is a lot of upkeep. Now, let's let's review quickly. That's one, in this case, one uh, husky garbage can for one, mostly one kind of disaster. I mean, it would be handy if we got a tornado or whatever. Right. But like, that's for that. that has, that's not going to help with the EMP. Your scope it seems to me has to be so relatively narrow in terms of like, what is the thing in order to know what I'm trying to prepare for? I need to know who I'm helping and what just happened and for how long. Yeah. And the answer to those cannot be everyone all the time and everything. It takes a narrowing of scope to do that with any kind of uh, utility. Cause again, it's all got to be maintained. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It does. And um, you know, and that's, that's one of the other details when people think about this stuff, they're not thinking about everything you just said. They're not thinking about the maintenance. They're not thinking about working through it, rotating it out, how long the things last expiration dates going through, you know, if you have water, like, yeah, you've got to use it because it can, it's not that it expires per se, but it's that you, if it's, if it's not a certain kind of water under the right conditions, it can grow bacteria, it can grow other things, it can make you sick. Uh, yeah, right. you know, so like there's a lot that you have to really think about. And again, you need to have uh, unless you're really planning on like going off grid and living off the land and all that stuff, like then you need to really have a, a reason. It's not just that you need to have a plan, but you need to have a goal for like, what is it that you want to accomplish? Do you want to yes. survive until resources come back? Do you want to have a thing that lets you escape to a place where you can survive? Are you planning to just you know, be the last man standing on top of the giant hill of zombies? Like, what is it that your goal is? And for me... Yeah, you're, you're the emperor of nothing. <laughs> right. I mean, for me, the goal is simply trying to, um, you know, trying to figure out what... I mean, that number one goal is, what am I preparing for? Because for me, it's it's something much more realistic, something much more similar to, like, what had already happened here and and... I think as we continue to grow as a as a population and we continue to uh, we continue to put more demands on our infrastructure, this kind of thing is going <laughs> to happen. Are you trying more. to avoid saying as we increasingly have to fight for the available resources? Yeah, I mean, but that's gasoline. Re- that's real. It's real. And you know, yes. and if you if you know, like I one of the people that I was talking to was telling me that he's got I forget how much it was fifty to a hundred gallons of of gasoline stored and Mm -hmm. you know he's like yeah he's like that's dangerous to have so what about the risks of that we'd already talked about preparing you know having food that that could go bad or water that could expire but like you've got 100 gallons of gasoline sitting like where in your garage this is another scheme of those the those podcasts i like about you know about understanding why something failed Mm -hmm. is that Sometimes the addition of security does not make something better. Now, before we go, I want to hear about something you like, but I want to raise the stakes, and I'm going to do a turns out to keep everybody listening. Here, here's the part about this that's implicit in everything we're talking about, but is really worth teasing out. Let's say you or similar uh, have prepared for a certain kind of uh, event, 
or you know disaster, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's very important to, to state that you get one opportunity for this, which is all the time up to that thing happening. Once that thing is happening, whether that is a weather event or an EMP or whatever it is, you're going to have really, the whole point of this that must be stated is you're, the preparing for that is going to stop once the thing is happening. If I forget and like, or don't, if let's say, for example, we're going to go on vacation and it would, you know, there's all kinds of reasons it's probably smart for us to bring our own sunscreen. For one thing, sunscreen, no matter what, is pretty costly, but it's going to be way less costly at our local Walgreens than it'll be at a resort. So should, should we do that? Should we pack all those things? Probably. Yeah. And what if it's carry on and it's over three ounces? Uh, it's all, this is already complicated. Well, you know what? Screw it. We'll just, you know, we'll just buy it when we get there. I will bet you, you're going to get soaked, but I'll bet there's a pretty good chance where you are going. If there is sun, there's probably also sunscreen that someone is willing to sell you. Mm -hmm. You're not screwed. Every, you will, if, you, if you're going somewhere that doesn't have toothbrushes, that's out of scope for what we're discussing here. <laughs> you know, right, you'll be able right. to mostly get a fairly recent Vogue magazine, probably. Mm -hmm. Like, if we're being honest, like, there's all kinds of things. Because here's the thing. Wherever you're going, I'll bet there's some chance that someone there like you know like the gold rush all over again there are people there are industries built around servicing dinglings like you it's very different if there's been a weather event where like oh did you remember that maybe uh your debit card won't work or did you remember oh, guess what too late too late and now you're going to kick yourself double kick yourself because you had the chance to prep and you either prep wrong or not enough or you know and now it's it's too late you forgot that second pair of glasses and i i'm just the reason i'm I was saying this with some humor, like keep people on here. Well, yeah, that's the thing is like, once you start going down this rabbit hole, I bet it's really easy to drive yourself nuts, tie yourself into knots, trying to never become the person who forgot about that thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Would you tell me about something you like? Oh yeah. I would love to tell you about masterclass. Oh, uh, masterclass. Masterclass. So let me tell you what masterclass is. First of all, it, it, think of it as an app. It's accessible on your phone, on the web or on the Apple TV. And they offer classes on a ton of topics. They're all taught by world-class masters at the top of their fields. And each class is broken out into individual lessons and downloadable materials, which are really cool. And you can explore these at your own pace. So it's it's not like you're making some huge time commitment that, oh, I got to do a six-hour thing. I mean, it might be six hours, but it's spread out. It's broken up and it's very, very digestible the way that they do it. But it is so cool. There are hundreds of video lessons from over more than, I think, 75 of today's most brilliant minds, again, anywhere, iOS, Android, desktop, Apple TV, it's Amazon Fire TV too. An all-access pass is $180 a year. That gives you access to everything. A single class is 90 bucks. So if you just want to go and get the one, you can go and get the one. You're learning from the best and you get exclusive access to these online classes. There are so many cool things. They just have a bunch of new ones right now. Chris Voss teaches the art of negotiation. Um, Gabrielle, Gabriela uh, Camara, I hope I'm saying her name right. She teaches Mexican cooking. I'm very actually keen to see that one. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about, uh, he talks about scientific thinking and communication. And I have watched a handful of these and there are so many really, really great topics. I think my favorite of all has been the dead mouse one just because not like I think I'm going to do electronic music, 
I'm I probably, feel like I've heard about this. It's so good. He talks about everything that he does and like how he comes out with his sounds and like how he approaches music and creating songs and inventing sounds and like pushing that, that, that medium. It's just, there's so much there, but many of them are really just practical skills taught by somebody who's really, really good at this kind of thing. And I, I would love for all y'all to check it out. You're going to get unlimited access to every masterclass and as a back-to-work listener, you get 15% off the annual all-access pass, which is the one that I have. And here's how you do this. You go to masterclass.com slash back-to-work. That's it. That's all you have to do when you sign up there. You'll automatically get 15% off. But I that just- That seems like a good deal. It's a great deal. And there, I just want to mention it in addition to the video lessons- I mentioned the downloadable stuff. So you're going to get lesson recaps. You're going to get supplemental material. Like for example, in the cooking classes, they come with these beautiful downloadable guides that are like high end cookbook quality. Uh, really, really great stuff that you get with this. It's so crazy how worth it it is to do this stuff. So go check it out. Masterclass.com slash back to work for your 15% off on the annual pass. Go check it out. I love this company. I'm so happy that they're a sponsor. And thanks very much to Masterclass for making the show possible. Thanks, Masterclass. Buck, buck. Uh, let me turn it over to you. I was just, uh, I've talked a lot. Well, you Would know, you, you grab any part you want, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I am very interested in a couple things about this. I'm very interested in the discussion of scope and like what it is you're, that's in your remit of what you're trying to do. Uh, and, uh, what was the other one? The, um, uh, oh, the preparing, <laughs> tending to do the work one likes or the prep that one prefers, you know, and the, the old joke about like the guy who never, the weightlifter who never does his legs, you know, yeah, like you don't, it's not going to look great. Cause like, you don't like doing legs. You really like doing chest and arms or whatever, or, mm -hmm. You know, I, I do feel like that's that's a thing in life is like I, I like the kind of work that involves like sorting things and organizing things and, you know, getting to like put my house in order. I don't necessarily like a thing where I have to just sit and do this one like high intensity, high focus kind of thing. Certainly not going to be the kind of thing I do in the afternoon when my brain has melted. Mm -hmm. But with prep prepping with um, mm, what do you call it? What's the nice term? Preparing. Pre 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 preparation 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 <laughs> it seems uh one must catch oneself first of all having the scope but then like also making sure that you're doing a well-rounded job including the stuff that's not as fun to do yeah i'm throwing to you that yeah. was me throwing no I, I know i'm thinking i mean i think there's a big part of it that when you're first looking at this it sounds really cool and it sounds interesting. You think about like the cool pocket knife that you're going to get. But mm -hmm. the reality of this is uh, it, there's a, a lot of research that goes into it. There is, and a lot of that starts again based on like you've got to decide the thing that you're focusing on. And it could just be general. And so for me, like, and I said this when we were talking about it last week, I don't want to repeat myself too much, but. I'm not that interested in being prepared for every single thing that could ever happen. I just want to get, get, because if we're to, if we're at like one of those global world changing events, if we're talking about EMPs being exploded over all the major cities in the United States, like <laughs> everything goes out the window at that point, you're Mad Max now, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you're not, yeah. you know, and, and so for me, 
the threshold is when it becomes a Mad Max situation. If it becomes a Mad Max situation, then I don't really want to, I'm not worried about that one. You know, what I am worried about is like legit what happens. Okay. A perfect example toward the end of, or a couple days into after, you know, where like we were lucky enough to have still have power, mm-hmm. but the water. I can't believe, I can't believe that. I can't believe you had that the whole time. I know. It's so crazy. I know. I've, I mean, doesn't it? It just seems like that was the water in some ways was kind of the worst part, right? Yeah. In a, in a way, but like, it's all bad. That's the thing is like, like, yeah, like yes. my, my kids kept saying, well, which would be worse? Not having water, not having power. I'm like, you know what? They're, they're all bad. It's all bad. And there isn't a worse because there's different, they're just different. They're bad yeah. in different ways. But we got a, we got a thing from the, from the news that was saying, um, we think the gas might run out now and gas, gasoline or natural gas, natural gas. And mm-hmm. a lot of people in Texas use natural gas. My house, oh natural propane gas, and propane accessories, but yes, <laughs> yes, Hank, but they are, um, oh. they are not like in Florida, the people who generally have natural gas, there's often like a tank that comes and gets filled in, in most places though, it's pumped in from wherever the natural gas is coming from. There are lines that lead it to your house. Well, my heater is uh, natural gas. My mm-hmm. cooking is natural gas. And so, uh, and that's my f- ours. I mean, we, we've got a, we got gas, everything, gas, heat, gas. Cooking. Right. And yeah. so if and it's single, that's how it all arrives. if yeah. it's single digit temperatures and those go out, then you can't cook, you can't heat like, well, yeah, I have a fireplace. That's also gas. I don't have any firewood because it's gas. You see, mm-hmm. so like, yes. what am I going to start doing? Cutting down the trees in my backyard? Okay. People are cutting up furniture. Yeah. I mean, and if I'm doing that, what am I using to do it? Where's my hatchet? Where's my chainsaw? Oh, right. I don't have those things. So, <laughs> you know, right. like all of this stuff, like being prepared for that, simply saying, what if we have to go two or three days without Heat. Well, we'd use a fireplace. Okay. Well, our fireplace is gas. It's not really set up to be a wood burning and I don't have any wood. So I guess I got to get wood. How do I get the wood? Where do I get it from? Where do I store it? Do I have to refresh the wood? Does wood go bad? Like all of these little details <laughs> that, that carry up. But we were, but basically they're like, everybody, you need to conserve on your heat, like run your heat at lo- the lowest setting you can tolerate. Don't run, um, a, you know, gas appliances for no reason because, and people did, and then we didn't. But the problem with that is unlike power, where if it goes out, they just turn it back on or water, where when it goes out and they fix whatever caused it to go out, it comes back with the gas. They've got to go house to house to turn it back on. And there's probably hundred, hundred, I don't know how many people in Texas, in Austin even have gas and would need to, but that there's someone going to have to go to your house to get it to go back again. So that means how long are we going Yikes. without cooking or heat right. or a hot you're, shower? You're really, I think you're really nicely illustrating the challenge of this, which is that even when your scope is relatively narrow compared to nuts, uh, it's, it's still, there's still uh, connections and sorry, my brain's not quite awake yet, but sort of like it's a classic GTD thing where like there's a thing before the thing before the thing. Mm-hmm. And like in order for me to get that third thing, I'm going to have to really you know, kind of reverse engineer what's required to make, like, if I want to be able to burn wood, that's going to require a bunch of stuff. Do I just, do I just trash the gas part of this and go all in on wood burning? And like you said, then where's, where's the wood going to go? Every one of these decisions 
means displacing something else in terms of time or space or money. I mean, it's a, it's all about making decisions with what you can, what you think is going to happen and then what you can live with and what you choose to mm-hmm. prepare for. And so that's kind of the premise for me is figuring all of that out. And I think, you know, it's so weird. The thing that really strikes me about all of this is it doesn't take much to show you how unprepared you really are for almost any disruption of almost any service in your life. It's really, really, really shocking how Mm -hmm. dependent we are. And we're not like, if you think back to most of human history, most of human history, let's go back 200, 100 years, 100 years. Now, let's go back to the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. In the late 1800s, the majority of people, if you said, well, there's no, not going to be electricity, they're like, okay. You know, like, yeah, oh, and, yeah. and, and by the way, there's no running water. They're like, Meh, all right, that's a bummer, man. But like, <laughs> n- no big. Oh, well, yeah, more like just a few years later saying something like, oh, the radio is going to be out. Right. And you're like, well, we don't own a radio. Right. Like, you know, it's just, it's, it, was, it was really interesting cleaning out the garage of a house that was built in the 20s. One of the things I was pointing out to my kid is like, I was just guessing that, okay, there's this sort of like crappy little, uh, like kind of a workbench that somebody built into the wall. Yeah. And I said to her, like, it's interesting, this tiny little workbench, I noticed that it's right next to... Uh, the window, which is the only source apart from the door itself, is the only source of natural light in there. I said, I'll I'll bet you, I mean, I doubt that this garage got any kind of electricity till at least the 70s or probably 80s, really? maybe 90s. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's there's one plug and it's attached to a light, <laughs> like uh, like a ceramic, you know, old school <laughs> Or just light bulb. the bare light bulb with the chain hanging they, off of it. Well, there are there are there are two other places, one of which works to plug in a light, uh, but that is the only outlet in our garage. Right. Full stop. Twenty twenty one. Okay. So I was saying anyway. The point being that in that case, I'll bet the reason they built this into the wall here was because it's near a source of natural light. Like in the afternoon, they have nice light coming in here. You know. But like, there's so many things like that we don't think about. It's like becoming friends with John Roderick and starting to think about how rivers and roads like transformed what cities became about, you know, because you, this is what you could do. This is how you could get there. This is how you could get goods out. Just that today, when you got like something like a Bluetooth speaker, like, yeah, you do think about like, is the quote unquote radio going to go out? You got to take your music everywhere, but that's not always been the case. It's just that, you know, so the, in the 1880s, like Maybe they made some of their own, or like, you know, made or farmed their own food, maybe in some cases. I bet you a lot of people had at least a garden back then. That's the thing is at least a garden. And the idea, I I mean, I know, I know one person who, um, and she has a greenhouse and she knows how to grow stuff and she's really like really good at plants. And I don't know the first thing because the last time that I planted something, it was probably in a pot and it died. And I, I somehow have managed, I don't, I forget the non-problematic name for this plant, but mother-in-law's tongue, but it's those, those green pointy ones that everybody has. And I somehow managed, I managed to overwater this thing so badly when I was trying to bring it back to life. Cause I basically my, my cycle, my uh, circle of life is a, a plant dies. And then I try to bring it back and 
it dies again, and it's just really sad. But I, I, one of the leaves just drooped over and fell because it was sopping wet from absorbing way too much water. Right. And it's actually wet. One of these leaves is wet to the touch. <laughs> you do not want me <laughs> no. running your food supply. No. And that's the thing is like, like I'm not talking about people who are like, know how to go out and be, be, you know, hunt big game and whatever. I'm just talking about like the basics of survival. Most of us. And I, I'm pretty sure because I know we've, we've got a lot of people like, like you and I in the audience listening. Most of us, I would say probably couldn't survive on our own for any length of time, not let alone for two <laughs> no weeks, way. but just if, if, you know, and it's not that we don't have the tools or the resources or the ability to do it. We just don't have the knowledge that we need to do it. None of this stuff is hard. And that's, as I've been researching it, none of this is hard to do compared to the stuff that we do on a regular basis. For example, if I said to you, Merlin, install Audio Hijack and configure a setup so that I can see the um, I can see multiple output devices. I want to be able to capture audio from Safari while I'm talking into a microphone. And you know what? Show me the 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 peak levels. I want to see if I'm if I'm hitting about minus six dB. And I want to record this in two different formats simultaneously and stream it. That's like a thirty minute project for you tops. There is so yeah. much. It's like, it's sort of like when when I, I feel you know you know how I get with my family where it's like my, my my lady will like rent a car for something I'm like oh why didn't you ask me first because I want to get one with CarPlay because right that's part of my my work and stuff like that I also find myself saying things to my family like please I'm so so useless to everyone like I don't have a use in life. I can only do like a couple or maybe four well, things. Well, but hang on. At so all. Let me stop you. You let... need please utilize me. If I can help you with a computer thing, please let me do it. I'm a, I'm like a border collie. I want to feel useful. Well, let me let me stop you there and say all of the knowledge that that requires not only understanding what I said, but the fact of like take a couple steps back. What is a computer? How yeah. do you operate a computer? There are so many assumptions that you automatically understood oh, yeah. when I walked you through that. You understood that I'm talking about an application. You understood that that application runs on a particular kind of computer with a certain operating system. I knew enough system. to mostly understand your DB question, and now, then now I'm thinking about uh, what they call it, LUFs or whatever. Right, and like so, I know enough, to, but I know enough to not know what I don't precisely understand, so that I can ask a follow up question to clarify what you want. Right, and what I described is not complicated for somebody who has the knowledge that you have. The subtle details might throw you for a loop and you'd have right, to figure right, it out. Right. But I, I was just, I was just saying like I I have such a limited skill set yeah. that like it kills me when I don't get the opportunity to do something I could have helped with. I feel I, oh, feel I know double, what you mean. But double useless. Taking what I just said as a computer example, all of that translates over to let's just let's just say growing a, a food source. Like the people who are good at that, they understand things like soil and moisture and how to, you know, and sunlight and how to till the land and what tool well, like to they, use They understand to do something and, as simple as like, well, it's like when my friend Steve our, is actually most likely to succeed senior. We went camping and he brought frozen pizza. <laughs> and and it was like, you know, we don't have to get in the whole thing of like a different kinds of intelligence. Like that was just stupid, Steve. Right. Like you're going to basically, it's going to be burn on one side and frozen on the other. And what were you thinking? Like not everybody's smart about everything in the same way. You know what I mean? But it's that collateral, what I'll call collateral knowledge that you're building things that are part skill, 
part knowledge, part trial and error. We don't have any trial and error. If I told you, go chop some firewood. I wouldn't even know what to grow. Right. Most places. Ex- like, exactly. I do know from Sunset Magazine that we are in an area that because of the fogginess, you know, if we want, if we want to grow anything in our yard, it's mostly going to be the kind of stuff you don't like from the box produce service. All those winter vegetables and like cabbage-ish, onion-ish things. Like we're, do not try to grow tomatoes in Western San Francisco. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's a deeper, even beyond the like, what's the pH of the soil is the like, you know, can I grow rice on the side of this hill? Like I, maybe, maybe not. How are you going to irrigate it? Like there's so many levels of that expertise Mm -hmm. that is probably much more profound than mine knowing how to install something or how to use audio hijack. But yeah, there's, and you said trial and error, but also it's just that expertise of like, I've been around a while. I'm like Tom Selleck, you know, it's not my first rodeo. I know what I'm doing here because I've done this so many times and I would be Steve with the frozen pizza in almost all of those situations. So that's that's kind of oh I want to tell you about a second thing I like, please. It's Squarespace. 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 Let- I used Squarespace yesterday. What did you do? I put up a new uh, uh, a new episode of the phony award winning uh, podcast Roderick on the line, and it's a, a utter joy, utter joy. It's just it's like uh, I think I told you this. My lady needed a site for work, and she got herself a Squarespace site. She needed something for like an internal project. Just put it together. Bob's your uncle. Squarespace. Squarespace. What's wrong with people? What's wrong with people? What's wrong with people? What is wrong with people? Do you know what's wrong with people? Do you know? No. They're not prepared. They don't have websites. I know that. Oh, you're not prepared. Squarespace. So what Squarespace does is it lets you build a beautiful website. You can take any idea that you have, and they're going to help you turn that idea into the best kind of website possible. So if you've got stuff to sell, you can sell it. If you've got services to promote, they've got a way for you to promote it. If you've got to want to blog, you want to publish content, you want to showcase your work, you want to announce an event, you want to, you're a photographer, you want galleries, you're a musician, you want to post your album, like everything has been thought of. They make it mm-hmm. so easy to do. It's all drag and drop. There's no coding. There's nothing difficult about it. It's just beautiful templates created by world-class designers, the e-commerce functionality built in, optimized for mobile right out of the box. They've got a way for you to buy your own domain name to over 200 extensions available. They've got analytics. They've got built-in SEO. The hosting is secure. You don't have to worry about patching or bugs or security. They've even got 24-7 customer support that's won awards. And uh, and their, their goal is to let you make it yourself and make it stand mm. out. And that's what they're all about. So they have a special URL that our listeners should go to. It is squarespace.com slash it's your show. And then mm. when you're there, use the promo code. It's your show. And that will give you 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain, which is a pretty cool thing to do. They've got it all figured out over there at Squarespace. Last time squarespace.com slash it's your show promo code. It's your show. 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. And thanks very much to them for their long-time support. Thanks, Squarespace. Thanks, Squarespace. Buck, buck. Yeah, I, uh, I can't and won't say this for, for all that many things. It gets my official uh, okie-dokie. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we, we should come back to this. This is good. We've, we've talked a lot today. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of it was just me saying things that don't make any sense. But... but um, and tell people one last time, Dan, if you would, please be so kind. Uh, where, where where would people find your uh, 
your your uh, prepping with sanity podcast. Oh, it is. What's uh, it called? Waterproof house. What are you calling waterproof it? Waterproofhouse.net. Waterproof house. Okay. No, it's dis- <laughs> disaster <laughs> disasterproof TV is just going to take them to the YouTube, but there's also patreon.com slash disasterproof. If they want to support my work, I've got a bunch of people already there support a lot of people already there supporting it. And, um, and that's great because to make it work, I'm going to need to buy a lot of stuff and, uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not set up yet to like my video setup is a, a pretty much stationary camera fixed on me sitting behind a desk. So I need new stuff and, um, but it's going to be great. I've already got some people who have offered to volunteer to help me and, and I'm very excited about the whole thing. That's so, terrific. Yeah. <sighs> be prepared. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. 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 Back mm-hmm. to work.limo slash 520. I, I, I did not put many no things in, I don't think, but uh, ooh, 520 blaze it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. Hmm. All right, let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. <laughs>